This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible, and we do appreciate you watching today. Very likely we have some watching, someone watching today for the very first time, and we want to thank you so very much for tuning in. It, it's a pleasure to know that we have people that watch every time we're on the air. Thank you as well. Now today we're going to be talking about the Bible, and we're going to be looking at some passages from the pen of the Apostle Paul about the Word of God and how it helps us in the living of our lives. I hope that you will stay tuned today. Now today we continue to offer a free Bible correspondence course. And in order that you might know more about the course and how to receive it, let's pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. The Bible is above all other books, as the sun is above a candle, and as a mountain is above a grain of sand, and as the ocean is above a drop of water. Uh, that's just not another book like the Bible, and it, it, is, it contains the truth of God, the eternal truth of God. In Psalms 119, verse 89, the psalmist said, Thy word, O Lord, is forever settled in heaven. And His word is settled. And how we should appreciate and love the word of the living God. And, and the Bible is such a unique book. It is unique in its origin. It originated in the mind of God and was delivered to man. It, there's the, the, the depth of the Bible. The Bible gives us everything that we need to live our lives. We have all things that pertain to life and godliness. There's the preservation of the Bible. Oh, men have tried to destroy the Bible, but yet it continues to live. And Jesus said, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. And there's the unique circulation of the Bible. It is the most widely circulated Bible that has ever been written. And there is the amazing unity of the Bible. All through the Bible there is one message and that one message throughout the entirety of the Bible is about the Lord Jesus Christ and the salvation of, human, of, of the human race. And so the Bible indeed is a great book. And some of the greatest people who have ever lived have been people who loved the Bible. For example, Sir Isaac Newton once said, I find more sure marks of authenticity in the Bible than any profane history whatsoever. And that's an amazing statement. Jerome said, ignorance of Scripture is ignorance of Christ. Now, someone may not particularly like Jerome's statement, but there's a great deal of truth to what he said. And Patrick Henry said, there, there is a book that's worth all other books, 
that have ever been printed. And of course, that is the Word of God. It was Daniel Webster who said, if we abide by the principles that are taught in the Bible, we will go on prospering. But then he said, if, but if we neglect its truths and its authority, no man can tell how suddenly a catastrophe may overwhelm us. I could wish today that I could stand before you and tell you with some bit of confidence that we still believe in the Bible in America. I believe that there are thousands upon thousands of Bible-believing people in America. But on the other hand, there are those that do not. And I rather suspect that if we really knew the truth, there are far more people that respect the Bible, believe the Bible to be the Word of God, than there are those who do not. This book has weathered the test of time. It continues to live. That in writing about the Bible in 2 Timothy chapter 3, in verses 16 and 17, I want you to listen to what the Apostle Paul had to say. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. The Word of God indeed is an inspired book. It's given by the inspiration of God. And that's what Paul said and wrote in 2 Timothy 3 and in verse 16. And it's not some of the Bible that is inspired. All of the Bible is the inspired Word of the living God. Now here's some things that we learn about the Bible from what Paul writes in these two passages. Number one, the Bible is profitable. It is profitable. There is benefit in the Bible. Now, if people could only understand and see how much benefit and, uh, there is in the Bible, they'd have a greater appreciation for it. Well, for what is the Bible profitable? Well, number one, it is profitable for doctrine. Profitable for doctrine. Sometimes people say, Brother Lambert, what does the church of Christ teach? And I hope that you'll understand what I'm about to say. It matters not what the church of Christ teaches. It matters what the Bible teaches. See, as a group of people, we may begin to teach things that are not right. We, we may begin to teach things that you could not find in the Bible. So the real question is, and should be, what does the Bible teach? What does the Lord say to us today? The Bible is profitable for teaching, for doctrine. And the word doctrine and the word teaching are simply the same thing. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 42 of those early Christians on the day of Pentecost, it is said they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Now, think about it. 
if they were to continue in the apostles' teaching. Why shouldn't we continue in the apostles' teaching today? Now, that's a good question. Think about it. They continued in the steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, and so should we today. It's profitable for doctrine, for what I'm to believe, for what I'm to teach. You see, when I get ready to prepare a sermon, I don't pull out the Reader's Digest. Or I don't get on the internet and begin to search for jokes and stories. If we're going to preach the Bible and we're going to teach men and women what they must do in order to go to heaven one day, we'd better go to the Apostles' Doctrine. We better go to the oracles of God. You know, 1 Peter 4 and 11 says, If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. And that's Bible preaching. And we need more preaching of God's Word today. It bothers me just a little bit. When I see someone on the television and and he's walking back and forth and he's talking a lot and every once in a while he makes some allusion to the Bible. But I never see a Bible in his hand. I never see him point to a scripture and say, now this is what God said right here. And put that passage into its context and, and not make a pretext out of it. You see, we need to go to the Bible. Because the Bible is profitable for doctrine. It's profitable also for reproof. It's profitable for correction. So sometimes we might need to be corrected. And this is the book that, that, that does that for us. I'll tell you sometimes I read certain passages of Scripture sometimes make me feel a little bit uncomfortable. Preachers sometimes are not the most patient people in the world. I work on it. I really do. I really work on my patience. And I think I've made some improvement. I'm not bragging, but I do think I've made some improvement. But you see, when I read passages that tell me to be patient, I thought, ooh, I, I really need that. Billy needs that. And it helps to correct me. We all need that. And the Bible is, is profitable for instruction in righteousness. Someone says, well, what does that mean? You see, the Bible is, is a complete book, and it's profitable to teach us how to live. I love to go into bookstores. I, I went into Barnes & Noble just recently. Uh, my wife and I were in Pensacola for a little while, and I, and I went into the Barnes & Noble, and I just, I just love to look at the books, and especially the religious section, and I look at that. And then they have self-help books. And I'll just tell you, there is absolutely no end to the books to tell you how to do something. How to overcome this. How to, how to deal with this. How to, how to deal with that. All kinds of self-help books. But you see, this book is the book of books and it has the inside the covers of this book 
the information that we need to live a good life. If there's something, for example, going on in my life, in my family, and there's some problem in my family, then maybe you've not searched in the Bible to see the answer that you need. But may I assure you it's there. If you're dealing with some emotional issue like depression or, or fear, that there's an answer for that in this book. I'm not saying that we shouldn't buy the books at Books A Million or Barnes and Noble or wherever they may be found. Many of them are such good books and have some good points. I don't endorse them all, but, but I'm saying there are some good things in some of them. But why not save yourself the money and just study the Bible? It'll teach you how to live your life. That, that there, it is profitable for instruction in righteousness. And another way to put that is right living. You say, I have a problem with, with my temper, Brother Lambert. Do, do you know of a book that I can buy about how to control my temper? Yes, it's the Bible. You say, Brother Lambert, I have a problem with using uh, bad language. Is there some book that you could recommend that would teach me how to, to overcome that? Y yes, here it is. It's called the Bible. You see, the Bible is God's book, and the Bible is profitable for us today. Profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in right living in righteousness. But then the Bible is also all sufficient. He said that the man of God may be perfect or completely furnished. It, it is a book that is all sufficient. It gives me everything that I need. Peter said in 2 Peter 1 and 3 that we have all things that pertain to life and godliness. In Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4, Jesus was being tempted in the wilderness. And in response to one of those temptations, Jesus said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You see, we need the Bible to live. And the Bible is all sufficient for that to help me live a good life, to help me grow strong and, and to nurture my soul. 1 Peter 2 and 2 says, As newborn babes de desire the sincere milk of the Word that you may grow thereby. I'm convinced that most passages in the Bible have some key word in them or phrase. It's my contention that the key word in that passage is the word desire. As newborn babes desire, desire the sincere milk of the Word that you may grow thereby. We grow by desiring God's Word. What do you suppose would happen if we did not feed our bodies any better than some people feed their souls? Because some are malnourished spiritually. Jesus said, Blessed are those who do hunger and thirst after righteousness. 
It is natural to be hungry. It is natural to be thirsty. But extreme hunger and extreme thirst bring death. And spiritually speaking, when we do not feed our spiritual man, extreme hunger and extreme thirst can bring spiritual death. That feed our souls. And the Bible is all sufficient to do that. When I was just a student in college, I think a freshman, I was taking a psychology class, and, and the teacher took us to an institution where there were people who had not developed in their minds. And it was such a sad visit to me. It was a sad field trip. Out in the yard we saw grown women, some of them 50, 60, 70 years old, and they were sitting in swings and playing like they were little girls. I just broke my heart. And we went from one ward to another, and finally we came into a ward where there were cribs. And in one of those cribs, there was a human form, and it was not more than this long. And the legs on that baby were turned backward. The arms were twisted. It just never developed. And the guide said to us, this child is nine years old. This child does not know who it is. It does not know where it is. It does not know the difference in daylight and dark. It was just living. It never developed. Nine years. And that was such a sad sight to me. But then I thought, I wonder how we might look to God when we don't feed our souls. When we starve our spiritual man by not feeding on the Word of God. I've often wondered if we don't look warped and twisted to God, stunted to God, because we've not grown. Folks, that's why I'm emphasizing the Bible. The Bible is what we need. We need to get back to the Bible. The Bible is sufficient for our needs. And we are to grow as Christians. It takes a knowledge of the Bible to do that. 2 Peter 3.18 says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I don't think he's talking about intellectual knowledge there. I think he's talking about knowledge of who Jesus is. But we are to grow in His likeness. And we cannot grow to be like Jesus unless we study the life of Jesus as is found in this book. But then the Bible, friends, is to be preached. Go back to chapter 4 of 2 Timothy and look at verse number 1 and verse number 2. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the living and the dead at His appearing and His kingdom. Preach the Word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when men will not endure sound doctrine. 
but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears and, and shall be turned from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Why Paul said, now Timothy, I, I'm charging you before God Almighty to preach the word. Somebody says, Brother Lambert, what do you think we really need to do to help our world to be better? But Brother Lambert, don't you think we, we need to be concerned about politics today to help make our world better? Well, I'm not suggesting that a Christian ought not to be politically involved and because we have the right to vote and we need to exercise that right. Somebody says, well, don't you think we need more programs to help people and to lift people up today? And I suppose that if we had a hundred people gathered together in a room, and if we were to ask each one of those 100 people to name the one thing they believe would help our world to be a better world, they would have 100 answers. At least 75 or 80 answers. Some of them may give duplicate answers. I remember a time when I was in college that, that there was a well-known speaker that came to the campus and he would lecture every day in, in our chapel exercise and and he was a gospel preacher. And so it was arranged for all of those who were preacher students. Back in those days, they called us preacher boys. All the preacher boys were, were called together, and, and Brother Cox was going to speak to these young men. And when we got there, he said, Now, young men, I'm just going to let you ask me questions. And so one after another, they began to ask questions. I even had my question I asked. But Brother Cox, amazingly, only had one answer. Someone would say, what do you think we ought to do about thus and so, Brother Cox? And very kindly he would say, just preach the word, son. Just preach the word. A lot of years have gone by since those days and I am persuaded that he was on target. The greatest need we have today is, is Bible preaching. For men to, to take this book that, that they have and, and to preach it. Not philosophy. Don't preach philosophy. Don't try to be a counselor in the pulpit. Be a preacher and preach the whole counsel of God, not just that part that you like, and then skip over some of it. Preach it all, because all of it is God's Word. Paul said, Woe is me if I preach not the gospel. The gospel is to be preached, but then finally, and in conclusion to this lesson, the Bible is to be obeyed. It's not just a set of rules for people. This is a book to be obeyed. God has never blessed anyone in any age of the world that would not obey Him. Back in the days of Noah, when, when God saw that man was, was so evil and violence was on the earth, He saved Noah and his family. 
because Noah obeyed God. Genesis 6.22 says, Thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him. It's to be obeyed. 1 Samuel 15.22 says, To obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. We need to listen to God, obey God. And it was Jesus who said in Matthew 7, 21, Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father which is in heaven. That is, you have to obey God. It's not a book just to, to listen to, but where to do it. There were two women at church one day. One of them was arriving late and coming in. The other decided to leave early and she was on the way out. And they happened to pass one another in the, in the lobby of the church building. And the one coming in said to the woman going out, Is the sermon done yet? And the woman on the way out replied, It's been preached. But it ain't been done yet. There are a lot of sermons that have been preached that have never been obeyed. You know, on a Lord's Day morning, we come and we sit and we listen to a lesson, maybe 25, maybe 30 minutes. Or if you have one of those long-winded men, you may listen to about 45 minutes, maybe an hour. I know some like that. But have we, have we ever stopped to think, that's not just for my entertainment. That's for the instruction of my soul and for me to obey it. I think one of the dangers of a preacher is to preach it and realize, not realize that he has to obey it as well. Folks, God's book, God's book. Will you obey it today? I want to thank you for watching today. And I want to encourage you to visit the Church of Christ in your community, and you'll find people who exalt the Bible. In a day of, of liberalism and radicalism, all kinds of isms, we have to exalt the Word of God. It's His Word, not the Word of man. And also pick up the phone now and call for the free Bible correspondence course. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you my prayer. We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God. You can now easily access our free Bible correspondence course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.org. If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at knowyourbible@golftel.com or call us anytime at 1-877-711-5214. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible. 
P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580. Or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible. Peace.